You're listening to the Desperation Podcast, a generation in desperate pursuit of God. www.desperationonline.com. Scripture we're all pretty familiar with. We've read it many times. We've heard it many times. Second Timothy chapter four, verse six. Paul talking says, "For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure." I have, and here's what we're familiar with. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. That's oftentimes kind of where we stop. Most, most of the time, there's a lot of sermons. Along, can, we, can we have everybody sit down and stop talking? We have a lot of sermons and ideas developed around that. But if you keep going, there's this verse that's kind of caught me this week. It says, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but here it is, but also to those who have longed for his appearing. It's a kind of interesting concept. I mean, Paul's coming to the end of his life, and he says, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I've kept the faith. And he says, now there's this crown of righteousness for me, but also for those who long for his appearing. For people that longed for the appearing, for the coming of Christ, for Christ's return. Tonight I want to talk about how that fits for you and for me. What that looks like for us. I mean, in reality, most of us don't really even have a concept for a spiritual reward based upon longing for the coming return of Jesus. In your own life, in your own journey, if we were to try to articulate where our position is, most of us would, when we think about the, re- the return of Christ, we think about revelation, or we would think about an intellectual study of, well, I don't know, when do you think he's coming? Are you pre, post, mid, trib, what? Or, or we would think of another tribe of people that are, that we would mock, that we would talk about people that are so consumed and so think that Jesus is coming day after yesterday that they've become inept in terms of doing life well on earth now. And so we would usually write it off. Well, let's not necessarily put an emphasis there. And I'm saying that because I think that would, I would fit in that category. But, but I, I've been gripped by this little phrase here. There's a great reward for those who long for his appearance. Long for the second coming of Jesus. Long for him to return. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to be a tribe. We want to be a people. We want to be a church. We want to be a community. We want to be a, 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 a prayer group. We want to be a people that long for your appearing. God, that's so foreign to our reality. It's a scripture that we read that Paul said, but we don't even, we don't even, we don't, it's not, it's not a part of our lives. We just confess that to you right now. We don't talk about it. Deep down, we don't have a groaning or an ache for the return of our King. But Jesus, we ask that you would take each one of us on a journey tonight. That you would help us to be people that long for you and long for your return. We want to be people that have that ache, God. 
On the island of Patmos, John's sitting there in the very last words that Jesus says, Revelation 22. Kind of intriguing. Verse 20. He who testifies to these things, Jesus, says, Yes, I am coming soon. The very last thing that we hear about Jesus, or from Jesus, is, Behold, the New King James, Behold, I am coming soon. I'm coming quickly. Most of us, when we think about this idea, there's not, if we were to be honest, there's not within us this urgency, this longing, this desire. Yes, God, come quickly. There's not an echoing of that idea. Behold, we want you to come quickly. Jesus, we long for you to come back. We long for your appearing. I mean, intellectually, we know that it's a Christian concept, right? I mean, we've heard it. We've heard the idea that Jesus will return and that yeah, that's a good day and we should be happy, but I just want to ask us this question tonight. Why? Why? I mean, when Paul says, I long for your appearing, there will be a reward. I mean, there will be a crown. We don't use the word crown now, you know, very often, but the idea is a reward. There will be a blessing. There will be more to be gained in eternity by those that possess an inner longing for the return of Christ. I'm just straight confession tonight. I'm reading this verse this week and I'm going, this is not part of my life. But there's a reward. There's an award. There's a crown. There's more to be had for those that long for his appearing. And I just know, I mean, we're the tribe that said, hey, we signed up for everything. We're the ones, Dan last week was talking about knowing the fullness of God. I mean, we're the ones that say, if there's an award to be had in eternity, we want it. So I just thought tonight, let's all kind of sit around the campfire and say, what is this about? And do we have it in our inner man? Does it, does it exist? And I'm just confessing tonight that if I'm kind of leading this thing and I'm, and I'm confessing before God, this, this hasn't lived in me the way that Paul, I mean, he's coming to the end of his life. He's in prison in Rome and he's going, all right, if I could talk about my life, I'm saying, I see this thing as a fight. I see this journey. It wasn't like, oh yeah, you know, hey, Sarah, Sarah, whatever it will be. Sweet. It was nice. It was fun. It's kind of like a cruise ship. I enjoyed it while it lasted. I'm on my way to heaven. No, he says it was a fight. He goes, it was a race. I mean, it was straining. And then he goes along and he says, and there's an award that I'm going to gain. And also those who longed, those who yearned, who ate. Desired the return of Jesus, our King, our God. I asked Jeremiah to sing that song tonight because if I were to confess the greatest level of reality in my journey for this verse, it's only that song. You know, it's only for his returning, we watch and we pray, we will be ready the dawn of that day. Woohoo! But you want to talk about in our personal prayer life, you want to talk about driving down the street, running with an iPod and sitting in your college classes and text messaging the girls that you like, sitting at Chili's, going to the AMC theaters, watching the sports that we watch, and just normal life. I got a confession to make. 
I don't know how many of us ache, long. Why would we long? Would would we long for his appearing because, hey, it's going to be an entertainment day. I mean, come on. He's got fire in his eyes. I mean, we sang the song. He's riding on a white horse. He's going to split the sky. Woo-hoo! I mean, come on. Hollywood, eat your heart out. That's going to be an entertaining day. Well, I said that's going to be an added blessing, but it's not the motive. It's not the highest. Is it going to be, well, you know, because life's so difficult and so hard? You know, I would say that's a motive, but in my core, as I, as I look through the scriptures, I don't, I don't think that that's the highest, you know? Swing low, sweet chariot, coming for the truck, for me whole, you know, that kind of thing? My life's so hard, come on, come on down and get me, Jesus, it's hard. Sure, it's a motivation and it's real, but at our core, at our core, you and I, I mean, I'm not talking about ancient church history, nor am I talking about a third world country. I'm talking about reality where you live on the north side of Colorado Springs, you know, eating what you eat, having a world prayer center to pray in, wearing Hollister, looking cool. I mean, you know, I mean, food ain't a problem unless it's too much of it for us. In your journey, in my journey, Ache? Long for his appearing? How? How? Why? Well, you know, when he comes back, I get to see my dead grandma and get to know. What is it? I'm just asking. I mean, it's right here. Paul says it. There's a, there's a, There's an award for you if you, there's a crown for those that long for his appearing. Do we long? Is it there? How do you long for his appearing? You long for his appearing when our love for Jesus matures. It's about mature love. In Matthew chapter 9, they come to Jesus and they say, hey, the disciples of John the Baptist, and they say, hey, we got a question for you, Jesus. Why is it that we fast? And we're looking at your boys. They don't fast. Fasting as a statement of intentionally going without a religious discipline. And Jesus looks back at him and he says, well, as long as the bridegroom is at the party, as long as the bridegroom is in the land, as long as I'm here, as long as it's party time because I'm with them, they're not going to fast. But when I go, he says, that's when they'll fast. Can you imagine being Peter, James, John, Philip, and Andrew, and you're the guys that are walking down the road with Jesus, you're the guys that are, you know taking and feeding 5,000 people bread and fish that 
You know, Jesus blessed and all of a sudden it's... I mean, you're the ones that get to see Lazarus raised from the dead. You're the ones that got to hang out with Jesus, walk with him. You get to kind of make jokes about, you know, who's going to be the greatest. I mean, you're spending your life with him. There is a lot of love. There's a lot of enthusiasm and excitement. I mean, if you're walking around, I mean, if you have a good friend, you know, I mean, John Galloway is a good friend of mine, you know, he's a, he's a good guy. I mean, we're friends. Imagine if he were perfect. I'd like him a lot more. If John Galloway and I, he's a desperation intern, so we're kind of hanging out this year doing life together. But I'll tell you, if John, if he were perfect and we spent three years together, I'd like him a lot. I'd be pretty, I, I, I mean, it would be, it'd be good, good, good friendship. You can imagine the kind of love that these disciples possess for God incarnate, Jesus walking around on the earth, totally perfect. And they get to do life with him. And he's going to redeem the planet. And he's going to die on the cross. And he's going to, you know, raise from the dead, set all the prisoners free. Woohoo! Good day. Jesus says, when I'm here, it's, it's party time. Bridegroom's in the land. But when I go, they'll fast. You know why they'll fast? There will be the memory of me and the longing within these disciples. No longer is he with them. True, they, they have the Holy Spirit, but I mean, he, they're not with him like they were with him. And they're going to ache. They're going to long because they love him so much. Just want that to get in us. I mean, imagine Jesus says in John 14, we're all familiar with it, verse 2. He says, you know, if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you with me to be with me where I am. Don't worry where I'm going. There's mansions. Hey, listen, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come back for you. I'm going to take you with me. I'm going to go. And you know, if I go, I'm going to prepare a place for you and it's going to be awesome. But I am going to go. There's going to be a season where you won't see me. But I'm going to come back, guys. Think about our journey. Think about you and I. In reality, we're going to spend an eternity with Jesus forever and ever. We're the ones that are living on this earth, right here and right now, waiting for the day that he comes back for us. He comes back for you. And our temptation is just to get comfortable here. You know? Just chill out in the swamplands like Simba with Pumbaa and Timon. You know? Our temptation is to hang out, feast on the slugs, get used to it, Forget who is coming back for us and just get used to Kuna Matata. Hey, no worries, people. And that's the spirit of this age. But a person who's in love, a person whose heart, like we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, 
is enthralled with a person. A mature love longs for the day that we're with him in eternity forever. A couple weeks in, weekends ago, I was in Michigan and I was teaching at a church up there. And after, di- after a church, we went to dinner at Red Robin. And there was a whole line of, a whole table full of people. And there was this uh, lady there. She was by herself. And uh, through the, by about mid-conversation, I found out, someone informed me that uh, her husband is serving in Iraq. And I just began to sit there as I feasted upon my bonsai burger. And began to think about what goes on in the heart of a lady with kids whose husband is in Iraq. Can you imagine the longing for the day of his return? Now multiply that times 10 billion. Imagine a perfect Jesus who's going to prepare a place for you and for me. And he's going to come back. And what he doesn't want us to do is to be con- become content with Akuna Matata. Hey, it's the spirit of the age, oh well. Let's just get used to it. How do you want, how, how do you grow, how do you ache for his appearing? How do you long for his appearing? How do you take 2 Timothy 4 and have it not just be a verse that you memorized or that you've heard a couple sermons on, but I just took this and I'm going, God, I, I want to long for your appearing, but I don't even know what that looks like. And I know that number one, as we sit and as we pray and as we wait on God and as we fast and as we ask for more of him, First, what starts to happen is we go in where we go, okay, the Holy Spirit's inside of me. And there starts to become this, this ache. There starts to become this longing for an, a, a, a fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit now. There becomes this longing for, all right, I want as much of God as I can today. But you know what goes on a step beyond that? Oh, that builds and that happens. But as that continues and as that grows, you start to look at this world and you start to go, wait a minute, this world isn't perfect. And 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says that the God of this age, the little g, the God, there's a God of this age, his name's Satan, and he is the God of this age. And there's a day, there's a day where the one that you're communing with, he's going to come back and in justice, he's going to crush sin and Satan forever. And more than just, oh God, I want to love you more. It starts to mature into, God, I desire that your kingdom would be set up on the earth. And God, I desire for you, Lord Jesus, to crush Satan forever and ever and to wipe out sin forever. And there's this anticipation where it's not just me trying to, you know, make it with my identity in God so that I stop sinning, you know, but more than that, in addition to that, I begin to ache. You begin to ache that you go, oh, there is a coming reign. There is a coming day. There's a coming age where the God who is for eternity, not the God of a temporary age, the big G, the big God, he's going to come. He's going to crush sin and Satan forever and ever. And we're going, woohoo, for his returning. We watch and we pray. And what? We will be ready. The dawn of that day. Oh, we'll live in holy anticipation. We'll develop an ache. We'll develop a yearning that isn't just kind of a theoretical, hey, let's talk. What do you believe? What do you think is going to happen pre, mid, post? Hey, what do, you, what do you think of Revelation? Oh, too complicated for me. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about a Bible study. I'm talking about a person. 
That's real. And he's forever going to hurl down the enemy. He's going to crush Satan. And I'll tell you this, friends, I know my temptation. My temptation in 2007, living in a pretty little city with blue sky and Starbucks on lots of corners. And I got a brand new iPod last week. It's my greatest material possession on the planet. Brand new little furnace jackets and pretty little flags. Got a nice little cars. All our comforts. Coffee at every meeting. Hey. Go to college online. Hey. Life's easy. My temptation is Get comfortable. Calm down. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I've got to be in this world, but not of this world. What can I do enough to prove to you, God, that I'm in it, but not of it? What do I got to do, you know? I kind of like it, though. I know someone, teen, says that i got to be a stranger on this earth, but... I know 1 Peter 2.11 says, I urge you as aliens and strangers in a foreign land to abstain from immorality. I know. I, but God, tell you what, I'm confused by this idea, therefore I don't have to live by it. Huh? Therefore it doesn't impact me. Therefore I'm justified. I live in this constant perpetual state of confusion. I don't get it. Second Peter chapter 3. Encourage every one of you to bring your Bibles. We don't do a lot of PowerPoint around here, so you guys are the discipleship programs. Let's try to go back to the 1970s and bring our Bibles. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders to... Stimulate, stimulate you to wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the, com- and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come. Scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is the coming? He promised. Hey, ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it is, as it has since the beginning of creation. Peter says, hey, I want to warn you guys. Um, there's going to be scoffers. And the scoffers are going to do two things. Number one, they're going to live according to the lusts, the desires of the day. And number two, they're going to look at you and say, Psh, Where is this coming? Where is this return? You tell me. I mean, after all, you spend so much time. You spend time alone with God every day. Where is he? Hey, I thought he was coming. Come on. Hasn't it been a couple thousand years? Haven't it, for a couple thousand years, haven't people been saying that? Look at you. You're going to prayer meetings all the time. Look at you. Focusing your college degree to do something for Jesus. Come on, look at you. Abstaining from things that are just, that's just life, brother. Come on, scoffing spirit. 
Number one, the lust of the age. His desires. Following their own evil desires. And then saying, and two, where is this coming return of this Jesus? Come on. Calm down. And then you get people thrown at you the chill out theology. Come on, bro. Come on, man. I'm a Christian too. But, you know, Jesus wants to give me the desires of my heart. This is the desire of my heart, so... Come on. Turn it down. Chill out, bro. Come on, bro. I'm a Christian too. You know what? You just don't understand rest. Why you gotta like... Possess such an urgency all the time. What's with the intensity? Aren't we supposed to just, you know, rest? You don't say this, but inside you go, hmm. I think your idea of resting in the spirit of this age by engaging in its evil desires is different than what Jesus means when he says, rest in him. The reason why I can rest is because the lust of this age hold nothing on me, and I know that I'm going to be with him forever. <laughs> okay, but you don't say that. Come on, man. I'm a Christian too. Come on. Calm down. Chill out. But here's the reality, friends. You can't long for Jesus appearing if you are comfortable in the spirit of this age. We can pretend, but there will be no real longing. If you're comfortable and everything's good and everything's easy and you're just comfortable with a little bit of greed and a little bit of lust and a little bit of immorality and a little bit of self-exaltation and this and that and, and there's just a, it's all well, it's just a little bit okay. It's going to be all right. Then you won't ache. And long for his appearing. See, because I want you to imagine the day that the very real Jesus, not the one that we've made up in our minds, not the one that we've kind of created, you know, the genie in a bottle that, you know, gives us stuff, you know, Woo, what do you want? Desire of your heart? Woo, you know, that kind of, no. But I'm talking about the real Jesus that looks at people and says, hey, blessed are you when people persecute you for my name. Hey, I want you to be, uh, when you fast, hey, um, uh, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. I'm talking about when the real Jesus comes back, He's going to, you know, split the sky. He's going to come back and he's going to be coming back for you and for me. What's it going to be like in that moment? What's it going to be like when the very real, I mean, we're talking about the son of God who walked the earth, then rose from the dead and then, what's that called? Ascended. Thank you. When he, I was like, floated up. Uh, <laughs> Sunday school reappearing. Whoop. When he ascended back in, I mean, he, he went up, blah, he's coming back. It's the very real Jesus. It is not like the one that you created in your own mind to kind of get away with what we can get away with. We're talking about the one we read about in the scriptures is coming back for us. And what, what's, what's that going to look like for you and for me? What's it going to look like when he comes and he's the one that really does hate sin? Not the one that you've made up in your head that's going to, you know, 
give you the nice husband, a better car, and, you know, cute kids, you know, because, well, I want them, so why not? Not the one that wants you to, you know, go ahead and quit church and do what you want to do because after all, you know, ah, who cares and figure it out on your own. No, no, no. We're talking about the Jesus who, according to the scriptures, we read about what he actually said. And that Jesus is going to show up. He's going to crush sin forever. He's not going to wink at it and just let it... He's going to crush it forever. And when he comes... He's coming for a people that have no addictions, never got comfortable to this age. He's coming for a people that live in this reality that this age has nothing for me. He's coming for a people that have 100% loyalty to him. And they've longed for his appearing. They've spent enough time with him They've done enough good deeds. They've possessed enough faith that when you talk about him, they ache. They long for his appearing. Why? Because they love him so much. They love a real person. They love this real Jesus who's coming. They've switched kings. And their loyalty isn't to the God of this age. Our loyalty to the Jesus that's returning. Our loyalty is to him and him alone. I remember when um, I first met my wife, Renata. Well, she wasn't my wife when I met her, but uh, when we met, she was, we were both 19 years old. And, and uh, it was kind of a crazy way that I met her. And I ended up going with a friend of mine to um, Chicago and I, and I, and I, and I, and I, and I, and I saw her, and I was, I kid you not, my first prayer was, oh God, please, if you love me, <laughs> you know, can I marry her? And, um, uh, she didn't have that immediate response, uh, <clears throat> she kind of needed to, um, you know, get to know my personality, and, uh, and, uh, I don't know why I didn't have that striking, ah, uh, moment where, <laughs> in fact, she doesn't even quite remember first meeting me, but anyway, and, um, and, you know, she was very, you know, is, uh, very smart and she's just pretty great. And so she, uh, kind of grew up with lots of guys liking her. And, um, this is a painful subject for me. I might talk slowly. And, um, and so when, when, when we first began to, you know, date, court, you know, whatever you want to call it. And I started to, you know, really, kind of like her, I started to um, develop an issue with something that I started to notice. And that was that when I had, um, she'd had, you know, some previous boyfriends. And so uh, she had sweatshirts from her former boyfriends and some rings, uh, some cards. Uh, 
some notes, you know, and she had all this stuff. And uh, there's one thing that I hated the most. It was this gargantuan, life-size, godless jewelry box from this guy that she dated in high school. And <laughs> and so I began to develop a, a, a hatred for these obstacles, you know? I can't imagine why. And, uh, and there was a great moment for me, and that was finally when we got engaged. I remember when she went through and she threw away the sweatshirts. She threw away all the other little demonic rings. and <laughs> I convinced her that they were filled with curses. And uh, I asked her if we could have a bonfire and she thought that was extreme, but... But as the man that was going to spend the rest of my life with her and her with me, there became a moment where the things that had been, had, had meant something to her, when it became full devotion, she made the choice to marry the short little midget kid in Oklahoma. When she made that choice, the great moment was when she said, I don't even want these things. I'm going to throw these away. I look at you and me. You know, there's going to be a day where Jesus returns. Maybe in your lifetime. Maybe your children's. Maybe your grandchildren's. I don't know. But the issue is not if it's in your generation or the next no, Paul says, there's a reward for those who long for his appearing in every generation. And if the very real Jesus, who is coming back to crush sin forever, is returning, what happens when he comes back and there's sin in our heart? There's sin in our house. Swept some of it over here and some of it over there. Tolerated this and we've tolerated that. No, when Jesus comes, this is the tribe of people that have said, no, 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 I have no loyalty to these others. I have one loyalty to one bridegroom whom I must spend eternity with forever and forever and there is no way that I would even even condone the thought of taking these with me. No, I've made the decision. I, 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 I've, I've decided I, I, I'm with you and, 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 and he's returning for me and I don't want him to come back one day with, with fire in his eyes and he's going to come and it says he's going to hurl 
down Satan forever to the author of evil and he's going to forever crush sin forever. I, I can't bear the thought that I would be holding on to little pockets full of rings and little pockets full of, you know, some sweatshirts and some things in the back closet and just hoping he doesn't find it. No, no. He wants to destroy those things. He's going to crush those things. It would kill me to hold on to those things. I want to ditch all of that. I want to get rid of all of that. Even the thought of maintaining it causes me to get on the inside. Why? Because he is coming back for me and I don't want anything connected to the little g God of this age. I want 100% wholehearted Matthew 22, 37 love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. That's what he's looking for and that's what I want him to find in me when he comes back to the earth and that's what matters to me and so I want to get rid of all these things. I want to get rid of this little this little token that I was holding on to and this ring, you know, we'll call it greed and this little letter and this little sweatshirt and this called shame and all these, no, 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 I, I want to get rid of all of it. I want this bridegroom who's coming back for me. Revelation 19 kind of sets the scene and it tells us about the day that we will forever be married to him and it says on the day of the wedding supper of the lamb there will be a bride and that bride will have made herself ready that, 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 it, most of you in your little brains when i say you know make yourself ready all the you know all of the girls start thinking about bride magazine and makeup and ah and I made myself ready, here I am, kind of thing. But this is strictly a metaphor, speaking of a day where the bride, us, have made a choice to make ourselves ready. And the way we make ourselves ready is we get rid of all the things that are connected to the God of this age. We say, you know what? I may, I may be in a, in an environment and in a setting where the chill out theology is all around me, and I may be in a setting where the primary ideas of the day are pride and greed and lust and anger, but I choose to live for another age. And in that age, I have a perfect bridegroom and he's coming to take me with him and he's been preparing a place for me and not only not only was there this thing in me where I said man I love you God I love you God but I've been preparing myself for that day and in the very realm of preparing yourself in the in the in the thought process of I'm getting ready I'm going to rule and reign with him forever and ever I mean I'm going to be with Jesus forever and ever this is good in that process of crushing and getting rid of all the things that keep you shackled to the earth that keep you broken and weak there begins to develop this anticipation He's coming. You're sitting in the prayer meeting and everybody else is doing so many other things, but you're getting your heart alive and you're falling more in love with God. It's a form of preparing. It's a form of getting yourself ready. You take a vow and you say, I'm going to live with a consecrated heart and I'm going to willingly forgo some of the things of the planet for the sake of the kingdom. And you're getting yourself ready. 
And when you have been getting yourself ready year after year after year after year, it's not a token, oh yeah, Jesus is coming back someday. No, no, it's, I long for his appearing. He's coming back. He's going to forever take me to be with him. And I've been working on getting myself ready. And he's going to crush sin and Satan. And man, over the years, I've been praying and I've been getting rid of those things. And I've come to the point where I, I despise those things. Not, oh, you know, like, maybe I'll give in today and maybe not. But I, at least in my heart, though I've fallen down many times, I have this growing hatred for sin. And I long for the day that he comes back. I long for the day that he appears. Friends, this is easy to preach and hard to live. I know because I'm preaching a quiet time. I want this to be in me. I don't want this to be just a class I took in Bible college. Man, I want this to be in me. I don't want to talk about Jesus returning in some kind of theoretical concept. Man, when we break into song and we're singing for his returning, we watch and we pray, we're, we're going to be ready. We're going to watch. We're going to pray. We're going to be ready on the dawn of that day. And when he comes, I'll be ready. I'll have been watching. I'll have been waiting. I'll have been living in holy anticipation. And he's coming back for me. Nothing of this age will I have on me. If you do imagine a wedding day, you know, nothing, nothing of my former loves will even be. They'll be crushed. They'll be trashed. They'll be gone. Single devotion. I'm waiting. Jesus, come on. Revelation 22, come quickly. I'm waiting in eager expectation for you to return. Will you stand with me? I want to just pray for you. If, if you just go tonight, you know, like in a unique way, I, I, I don't know that I've been someone that has longed for his appearing. And I know that I'm a long way off. I can't just magically, you know, have it happen. But man, I want that to be a growing crescendo in me over the next 20 years. So that when I'm 40 or when I'm 30 or when I'm maybe tonight, when I'm 20, there's a, a growing longing for his return. If that's you tonight, I want you to just boldly come on up here and I want to just, I want to pray for you. I want you to just come on up here and get on your knees and we're going to just ask that God does this in us. Jesus, when we signed up to follow you, we truly said we'd be disciples and we'd deny ourselves. We truly decided that we wanted everything about you. 
And when we decided to follow you, God, we decided without really knowing all that's involved. We didn't know what our lives would look like. We couldn't, we don't know what the next 50 years look like. We don't, we don't know the sacrifices. We don't know the experiences. We don't know the philosophies that'll come our way. We don't know what history's gonna look like. But Jesus, we just look to you tonight as some kids and we go, God, you said that you're gonna return and you'll come back and establish your kingdom on the earth. You'll come back. You're wanting a people. You're wanting a tribe. You're wanting individuals and corporate bodies that have said yes to you to get rid of all the things of the spirit of this age. The lusts, evil desires, and have total loyalty to you. And God, tonight we just look to you and we say we want that. We want that when you come back that you would find us waiting and ready. God, that when you look at us as a people, that you would see us from heaven as a hungry people. We want to not just go to a conference once. We want to sustain desperation year after year after year. We want to wait in a holy urgency, longing for the day of your appearing. We want every reward available to us in eternity. So would you find a group of people tonight, God, that we just confess, God, this is not a part of our reality like we know it ought to be. We don't, we don't think about it. We don't pray about it. We don't meditate on it like we know we ought. But God, we want it alive in our inner man. We want it alive in our spirit, God. We want to yearn for you. We want to long for the day where Jesus returns. And takes us, his people, to be with him forever and ever. God, do what we cannot do. We can't just instantly ache, God. We don't, we don't work that way. But Holy Spirit, do a supernatural miracle, God. And put us on a trajectory to where we so fall in love with the person that we grow in aching and longing and loving you, God. I pray for dreams and visions to increase in this place. How many times have I heard prayers for the lost or for other religions to have a vision of Jesus God, I want it in this house. I want it among the gung-ho believers that have said, yes, we want visions and dreams of Jesus. We want passion in our inner man. We want to fight the good fight. Finish the race. Stay the course. And we want the reward of longing for your appearing, God. You said, behold, I'm coming quickly. We say, Jesus, come quickly. We long for your appearing. We long for the day that you return.
forever and ever and ever, God. We give you honor and we give you praise. Everybody said amen. Amen. You've just heard one of the speakers from Desperation, a ministry of New Life Church in Colorado Springs. For more information on becoming a Desperation intern, attending one of our conferences, or joining the Desperation National Network for local churches, visit us at desperationonline.com.